Before we get started tonight, I wanted to take a minute to say that our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Nashville during this difficult time after the devastating tornado that hit that community overnight. Our condolences go out to the friends and family of the 25 individuals who lost their lives. Stay strong, Nashville. And now a message from Bill Young Bishop. You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. All right, and we're back. Well, hi, everyone. Um, welcome to the Sacton FC podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano, and joined as usual by my co-host, uh, Jonathan Ward. How are you, Jonathan? Good, Luis. How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. We're recording here on a Tuesday night here. We usually don't record on Tuesday nights, but now that, you know, we're going to have more games during the weekends, we're going to try and, and get more pods out to you guys much sooner. And we're also joined by our previous co-host, Danny Troy. How are you, Danny? Good. How are you guys doing today? Great, doing man. good. Great. Thanks. Excited to hang out this weekend. Oh, I'm so, so excited and ready. I've been, like, craving it already. <laughs> Should be a good one too. So, um, for those of, for those of you who are probably listening to the podcast for the first time, or you maybe didn't listen to it two podcasts ago, Danny Troy is actually the co-founder of Los Unicos, which is actually one of our new supporters group out of Reno. So, their first game that they're coming to is this game on Saturday, and Danny says that be prepared to to hear a different atmosphere. So, we're all looking forward to that. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope I hope Danny comes fully fully prepared for Sacramento, and Sacramento well, fully prepared for him. <laughs> you guys set the bar pretty high, so hopefully I don't <laughs> let anybody down. <laughs> it's what we do around here, man. We 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 try to make as many dreams possible. And actually, uh, shout out to Zoom. I I just got the uh, message. No no time limit, and that was pretty quick. It's way faster already? than before. Do they? I already I already got it. Wow, they love perfect. Us. They hey, love thank you, Zoom. You guys are amazing, too. Let's see if you guys can get a sponsorship going on with us. And, you know, we'll take you even if you just give us a limited call. And we'll mention you at every single podcast. <laughs> yeah, so we, have, we have ourselves a lot of things to dissect from kit release to a match review to depth charts to questions. Um, even a preview of the of the next game. So... Where do we begin, man? Yeah, Where do that, we begin? Well, you got to start with that, with that new that, kit, you know? You got to start with that kit release. You got to start, yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like I expected. I expected more from the kit release based off of what I saw with San Diego. Um, but yeah, let's, let's uh, you know, we just got an announcement Monday morning, and that, like, was just real quick. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know if anybody else was expecting it, but I was not expecting a kit, uh, an immediate announcement. Um at what eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super early. I, I love the video they posted. You know, they they kind of they kind of did a tribute to the championship year, and and from what I've seen, that's kind of pretty close to what they wore that year, right? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty close. The, to... the major difference is there's like a little runoff, like a digitized runoff of the of the sash um, mm-hmm. that's red, and that is the only major. I think difference. I think it was just a straight stash um, on the home kit. One of the things I think that they could have done with this too, but of course maybe they didn't want to make it look exactly, but the original one actually um, had the sash chopped off on the UC Davis side to make it stand out more. And I think with the current look, how it looks, 
I feel like you can't really read UC Davis as well just because the letters kind of blend in with the sash. So I think that's the only thing. So yeah, I saw it last night um, up close and personal. Kevin Burdick was wearing it last night at the uh, non at the uh, nonprofit mixer, and it looks really clean. Uh, it you know at first I was like, oh, what is, what is this? And now I kind of see it, and I'm I'm excited about it. It's pretty slick. Do you think it's like a slim fit, uh, kind of a bigger fit? The way you saw it, um, it's very it's it's exactly the same as the as the home kit in terms of fit i uh, didn't look like it had you know i would i would wear a large but i would probably have to go with an xl on this um just like my uh, city kit got it but um no i mean i'm sad to see the hoops go away uh i really liked the hoops i thought that was a, a good classy look old older style right um yeah to go retro for the most part is good you know i'm a big um component of like the previous jerseys from when i was in in youth soccer you'd always have the same jersey but different colors right Mm -hmm. and so when i think of the reverse of this it's the white sash so on twitter we were talking about you know i would love to see the white sash on the home kit but once adidas gets a hold of us um in two years time things are going to be way different than they are now. So, you know, we got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of go a little off the charts with their style of jerseys. Yeah. They, they tend not to give too much uh, leeway to the teams, especially in MLS. Like you get um, from my past experience of talking to people, you, you get to pick a certain style, um, but you're only given a few different styles to pick from, not the whole go. I mean, the cool thing is that it, the the like the jersey with the hoops won't really go away. I mean, it will go away on the field, but I know there's gonna be a ton of fans still wearing it. I know I'm gonna buy one because that's one that I don't have yet. But I think it's it's gonna be cool just to have something new. And I was lucky enough to have something new on my first year coming in, so I'm excited about that too. <laughs> just keep it coming, right? Just keep it going. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, guys, like I think this kind of you know explains why. They didn't switch the home jersey, you know, like they wanted to keep that vintage look, you know, keep that, you know, first season look where, you know, both jerseys were, you know, essentially almost looking like they look now. So I think that that explains, you know, the mystery that we had behind why the jersey wasn't going to change or the home jersey. Right. Yeah, I agree. But the, they they need to make that that white for sure. The, the slash on the red jersey, they need to make it white. It would look so nice. But we'll see. I mean, maybe next year before, you know, maybe 2021 we see it. And then 2022 when Adidas takes us over, um, mm-hmm. they'll, give, they'll give us a couple of options as well. That will be it's, just, it's just something simple that would make such a huge difference. And, uh, and even our, the logo would stand out way more than it does yeah. on that, like that darker red slash. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So guys, well, uh, this past weekend, <laughs> we had our first open public match. and. Jonathan and me were actually at it, and it was it was amazing, right? Nail biter, great game. Yeah, nail biter for real. Uh, well, <laughs> not the first half, but that's that's something we'll talk about. Um, we don't talk about the, the first half. <laughs> I, I I wish we couldn't, but it's such an important part of where we have to go with this. Absolutely. Start with the field. The field was not um, not in the best condition uh, that it sh- that it could have been. A little disappointing. 
to say the least, but I hope that there's some corrections made to the watering or to, you know, whatever they need to do to get that field looking a little bit better. Um, I know the weather has been kind of weird, so maybe that played a role, but the pitch did not look like it was ready for a soccer match that had been played on a few times. Yeah. It wasn't the first game on it. Yeah. Did it just look dry or? There was definitely some patches that weren't, um, the sod hadn't fully come in yet. Yeah. And so that was a little disappointing and you could see it when you watched, uh, when you watched in person and you watched on, uh, on YouTube for those of you who got a good stream. I know there's a lot of people complaining about the stream that was given for the YouTube. So the team started off in a four, three, three and the midfield was a flat, but the up front was a V formation. So you had Formilla and Bijev up wide and you had a Wasa playing between them a little deeper towards the midfield. In the midfield, you had Werner, Wheeler, and Skundrich. And then in the back, you had uh, Barahona, uh, Sargis, Mahoney, and McCrary in the back with um, Greenways between the pipes. We'll get more into him um, in a little bit. But they played with, a, with that D formation. Um, Cameron played, and the other two were a little higher than him. And he did a really good job. Cameron did a really good job in the, in the midfield or in that attacking central role where he was able to play the distributor, but also had the pace to get, um, get into space ahead of the defenders on through balls and passes. Yeah. Yeah. It it was an interesting first half. I mean, (laughs) we we could have had a better game too, but at the end of the day, I think really what happened was that we just weren't lucky. Like we had the opportunities there. It just didn't finish them too. Um, But, you know, it, it was just it was just an interesting first half, and I think that there's definitely a lot that the coach could take away from that first half, and a lot of things learned, you know, definitely, especially now that the season's going to start. So yeah. I think we got we got a lot out of that first half. That well, I'm sure he did he did learn a lot, and that's where the comeback came from. So it's pretty exciting that you know they could kind of turn around that quick. Yeah, the halftime adjustments were definitely really good um, for the team. I mean, the boys, they, they started off with possession. They created space. And the one thing I really liked that was awesome was the high pressing. Man, they were, they were flying into pressing. Even in the, in the attacking third, they had rail on their back foot for most of the first half, minus the two goals. Uh, but, you know, they, they, when, when coaches say, well, we want to press, you don't really see that. Yeah. But coach says, you know, Mark said, hey, I want to press. And, you could tell that that was that was the mindset. Like we are going to press, we are going to force you to make mistakes, and it almost worked for us. Yeah, and then our, our defense, you know, and midfielders also closed down the lanes fast, and they did a really good job keeping the monarchs at bay. Which, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we let those two goals go down. But other than that, I think they were doing pretty good too. Yep, and the movement, you know, the movement was there for the team up top and in the midfield. Uh, so because of that movement, it opened up passing lanes. So it was really crisp. Uh, guys were able to find space or, or play a ball to space, and somebody was going to get there, which was good. Yeah. And we, we had a couple of, like, good opportunities, too. Like, in the ninth minute, we saw, you know, Wausau had a chance at the back post off a corner, too. And 18th minute, we saw Formella receive the ball, and then he dropped it back to Cameron, who, you know, he got a great chance, but then it was just stopped by their goalkeeper. So, you know, we had good chances. and. I remember in that particular one, the uh, one on the minute, uh, 18th minute, I thought that was going to be a goal. Like, it, I just, I, I thought we were going to celebrate it. 
right there. Yeah, the whole stadium. The whole stadium. Was, those are the worst, man. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody stood up, ready to go, but um, you know, you never know. But overall, the first twenty-five minutes of the half, I, I was impressed. I, I thought they did a really good job. They had opportunities that did not develop as much as they could have, but they did a really good job of, of keeping possession and moving the ball around the pitch. Yeah, and then sadly, you know, in the 27th minute is when, you know, monitors get a foul and then they get a free kick. And as we were talking off air, you, I know you were saying, Jonathan, it was like a Roberto Carlos kick of some sort. Yeah. I, I Being there, I just thought Greenwest was flat-footed. Like that ball, <laughs> it didn't look like it had much movement from where we were located. Yeah. Um, but he just sat there barefoot or flat-footed and the ball went in the net. But after watching it, uh, watching the replay, it did swerve. You know, he went left, the ball goes right, and it ended about eight feet to the left of him. So 1-0 Monarchs at that point. Yeah, so oh, it just well. kind of goes to show that, you know, when you go to the game in the stadium, sometimes you got to watch the replay to, to be able to see, if, you know, how the goal actually was because from my side, because I was sitting on, on the other side over on uh, section 113. I thought the same thing too as Jonathan too. So, you know, it's, it's easy to, to see that too. But once you see it again, yeah, you can tell. So, you know, but then three minutes later, uh, Werner turns the ball over in the, in the rail half. And then in less than six touches, six total touches between two players, rail goes up 2-0. Um, you know, I feel as though Grinny waited too long to come off his line. And by the time he decided to, the rail player already knew what to do with the ball and put it in the back of the net. Two nil, Monarchs. Yeah. I think it'll be important too for, especially for any goalkeeper. You know, no matter what we're looking at for goalkeepers, is that they gotta come off their line. You know, they can't just stick out back or they can't just like try and figure out whether they're gonna come out or not because, you know, the moment you're not sure if you're gonna come out, they're gonna get you. And so I yep. think he needs to probably learn to to come out more and to you know be be more like that you know I mean I'm thinking back to beginning of last season and then like two years ago when we had our um, previous goalkeeper too who he you know he would just come out no matter what and even the goalkeeper we had towards the end of the season too like both goalkeepers that we had last year they would just come out and these guys were not afraid of coming out so I think it'll be really important to have a goalkeeper like that and you know, we did see him, you know, get better in the second half, too. We, I remember, I don't know if you recall, Jonathan, there was a couple of plays where he actually did come out. So yeah. he just needs to do more of that because, yeah. you know, we're, we're risking. We're risking, yeah. you know, going down again. And then in the 35, 35th minute, uh, McCrary plays a ball into the box uh, for Cameron. It's deflected out towards the top of the 18 where Werner hits a hits a ball with his left foot. I, I thought this one was in, but it just sailed. Uh, kept it low and it just sailed wide out of the post. Um, so at this point, that was the end of the possession. The final uh, 10 minutes or so are played 18 to 18. Um, and the Republic go down 2 0 uh, into halftime. And then the second half happens. And it's kind of funny, me and Jonathan are actually walking up to, to the seats and we see the goal come by just as soon as we're walking up. So we, that was a pretty good way to you know, go back to your seat. Yeah, it's uh, to get introduced back in the 46th minute. Um, Carlton wow. had just, yeah, Carlton had just come on, um, and he introduces himself to the fans after replacing Formella. 
Uh, Lillian makes a move, gets into the box where he plays the ball in. Looked like Cameron got a touch on it towards the back post, and um, Carlton had a little tap in, tap, tap, tap a roo before, pe- <laughs> uh, before the keeper could make a play. And it was Give a it a little tap A little tap, tap, tap a roo. And then it was a great answer coming back from halftime. Great adjustment. Um, and Carlton actually was a difference maker the rest of the half. I thought nice. his pace, and we'll get, we'll get more into him in a minute. Um, but I was really impressed with, uh, with Carlton coming in and, and kind of what he, how he changed the game. Yeah. Especially because, you know, after that goal, you know, we started to see a completely different team, like started to have more opportunities. You know, we started to see the team, you know, keep pressing high. They're, we're filling in the lanes. Like, this team was a completely different team. And, you know, you you could already sense, you know, being in the stadium that a comeback could could be a possibility, you know? Like once yep. when when you yeah, score definitely. in the first minute of the second half and you're down to zero, like you know that like, there's a good chance that you might do that comeback too. So that was really good. I mean, in fact, three minutes later after scoring the goal, like Carlton actually had another chance, except, you know, his header wasn't quite there, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Carlton made such a big difference, and you know he he really did a good presentation. You know, like there's no other better way than coming in your first minute and you score a goal. Yep, and almost almost score another one in your in your third minute in. But yeah, really good possession. Uh, the team started to see a little bit. Of, you started to see a little bit more confidence, and it was a good start. Um, it was good to see that mentality on the boys. They they had a really good uh, good showing within that first ten minutes. Lots of. Uh, Lots of pressure, lots of possession. It was good. 58th minute, Villian plays a dangerous ball low in towards Carlton. Keeper comes out to claim. Would have I, I would have liked to see Carlton take another route to the ball where he was able to jump in front of the keeper, but that comes with time and timing and experience with Villian. Um, and once those two become more familiar with each other, it's, it's going to be a dangerous, uh, dangerous combination. Yeah, definitely too. And, you know, it's always good to have that that duo, you know, or those two players that really understand each other well and, you know, play like that too. So that, that that's going to be an interesting thing to see this season too. And yep. then in the 61st minute, we saw Monarchs turn it over in their last one-third and then Barona played a through ball to Cameron, who, you know, is in on net. And he looked to be a snake bit by a Monarch defender. So that was actually a pretty interesting play right there. Yeah, it was it was it it was hard to tell even from the camera angle if he tripped over himself um, or if he was snake bit. But um, if Cameron had hit it first time, it may have been may have been a goal, may have been the same result. Who knows? But um, on chances like that, it's it's better to you know where you're at. He's he's a professional forward. He thought he had the extra touch, and, and it just didn't 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 go in the way didn't didn't work out the way he wanted it to. Yeah, and I think, and it wasn't. I think it wasn't just this play. I remember a couple other plays too. But I think they should start hitting it on the first touch. You know, like if you yeah. have the opportunity, yeah. like don't wait, don't keep going. Like just hit it, go for it. And you know, I mean, we we know what happened later, but you know, like just <laughs> just go for it. Like don't don't like just don't keep going with it too. Um, so the team actually, you know, they were playing pretty good. You know, up to the seven seventieth uh, minute, you know, we saw them, you know, press a lot when they lost possession, you know, like they, they really, you know, they really played real different than the first half. And, you know, if we see them do this all year, I think it's going to be a good thing because, you know, we know we're going to have other games where we're going to go down in the score and we might have other games where we need to make sure that, you know, we keep our scores. So 
going to be good to you know see them always always keep this momentum going towards the beginning of the season too. Right. So um, John and Denny in in the seventy first minute we saw our academy player in uh, Mario Penagos come in for Cameron Wasa and wow I don't know about you guys but man he seemed like he was a veteran even though you know he's he's you know barely been promoted from the academy like this guy like just he was just playing like he's been playing all his life in Sacramento. Like he had like perfect passes, you know, like he, he was just, you know, running all around the field and it was great. I mean, it's really great to see an Academy player come to the first team and, you know, for one, you know, not be intimidated by playing, you know, against players who, you know, probably been playing for their team for a year or two years. So it was, it was just really great to see that. And I think, you know, in the season that, you know, is coming soon. I think we should, you know, see him come off the bench more often too. And hey, maybe why not give him, you know, a couple of games here and there so so he can, you know, be in the starting eleven once in a while too. So it'll be interesting to see him in future matches. And yeah, we gotta keep a close eye on him because I think he might end up being, you know, like one of those players that makes it to MLS. You know, we just gotta give him more opportunities and, you know, let him showcase his talent. Yeah, he's he's very he was very composed. He did a really good job of of winning the ball. He wasn't shy to didn't back down from tackles, and it, the moment didn't seem too big for him, which is a huge um, huge compliment to him and and the staff. He came in and he he helped give us an extra spark. Cameron was a little gassed after the seventy seventieth minute, moving around a lot, getting pushed, using his body, so. Panago's coming on really helped kind of change the momentum and put a little bit more energy into the team. In fact, when he came on, um, it actually seemed to uh, build Villian up a little bit. And that Villian started to get a little bit more um, hop to his step, which was nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, especially being down, you know, that late in the game, seeing somebody that's just so dedicated and going out there and playing like that, I'm sure it added to the excitement and motivation for everybody to kind of start picking it up as well. Oh, for sure. And you could see that, you know, with, with, you know, the way the team reacted, he came on, he, he had a good opportunity at one point, which we'll talk about in a second um, and created, uh, you know, it's still early, but it may have been the goal of the year. I would say it, it is the goal of the year. In fact, you know, when, when we were um, talking at the game too, we were like, I think, you know, our um, past guest here on the podcast, BJ, should probably change his favorite goal because I think this is probably his favorite goal. And we were kind of joking around too after the game with him too. And yeah, I mean, it was just it's an amazing shot. Like, So let's, it was crazy. let's, paint, let's paint the canvas here for everybody. So 73rd minute, um, the boys were pressing high. They were, they were moving. They got a turnover. And they moved the ball from right to left. And it actually started with Panagos, who – uh, collected, came across uh, the top of the 18, played a ball essentially square to uh, Villian, who took a touch, pushed it, peaked place, hit a uh, right-footed shot, curled it up in the upper upper 90, 2-2, Republic. Sounds like that podcast magic. It was that podcast magic. Yeah. The first ever Sacktown <laughs> FC podcast hat trick hero with a brace and a game winner. Yours and my favorite, Villian Bijev. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't done. 
No, he was not done. So the 77th yeah. minute, uh, McCrary <laughs> plays a ball in that kicked up off a Monarch defender, and Panago stepped up, got ready with his left foot, and volleyed it wide. It was a good hit, um, but obviously not the result that he would wanted for sure. Um, and we're still waiting for that one last moment of magic, which comes finally in the 86th minute, a handball on the Monarchs. And Barahona sets up uh, near the Republic bench uh, for a free kick. Uh, the, the Monarchs put a one-man person or one-man wall. Uh, the ball goes to the back post where it hits off the back post, deflects. Um, and Villian is there to tuck it in. Good night, ball game. And it was a 3-2 win for the Republic. Yeah. And an amazing comeback, too. And that was amazing. It was just, yeah, it was, it was great. I think it was a game that it would have been amazing had that been like the final. Because it, it, it almost gave me vibes to, you know, the, that semifinal game against Los Dos, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, that, in that championship season, too, that, you know, these things can happen. So... You know, it's it's great for them to have, you know, seen this comeback happen, even though, of course, it wasn't in the season. But it's a really good, I think, um, motivator for the players to, to, you know, see that, hey, we might be losing 2-0 at the end of the first half in a league game, but it's not over, you know. Like, let's, let's make sure, you know, that we, we come back from that and, you know, we, we can do that. So just yeah, them knowing right. that they can do it and they can, you know, believe in themselves is, I think, a lot. So a couple of takeaways from the team. Um, Jonathan and me actually went down to the field to to talk to Billion Vijev, and he spoke to us that you know he was upset that this all happened in a preseason game and not in a league game. Which you know we were like, yeah, we agree. But hey, the good thing is that this gives you confidence, and you know what better way to start the first game of the season than by having a really good score like this one, and especially for him, you know what better way than to score two goals, you know that that I think it's something that will definitely motivate him for the beginning of the season too. And I think not just motivational, but it'll also probably give him a spot in the starting 11 would be my guess, you know? So it was the last test. We spoke about it, you know, in the previous podcast and Bilyan Bijev, our guest, actually passed the test and we're expecting to see him in the starting 11 in the next game. So, hey, he won his spot there and that's amazing too. He brought us back against a, what we said last time against a really good team. And I think that shows a lot of his skill. And I'm excited to see him in the first team, hopefully. Yeah, he needed that. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a real down year last year. Even, even I think he would attest that his year was not what he wanted. Um, you know, we didn't want to get too much into that. But he, for the most part, that was something that I think is going to change his mentality. It's going to help him um, get a little little bounce back in his step and, and get some confidence, right? Because, you know, one of the things that we want we, we want to see out of our guys is just that resilience. And that, that was his resilient moment. Yeah, and that was, that was just, uh, that was just, it was an amazing moment. And the fact that it happened a day after our podcast interview was even more amazing too, so. Really great to, to see him score two goals and you know for us to be kind of like the, the lucky charm like, as we were saying. <laughs> yeah. um, um, you, know, you know the team the team pressed a lot. Again, I don't know talking to a lot of people through the through Twitter and Facebook, a lot of people thought that was that is the biggest takeaway is that they saw 
the team pressing, which was nice. Yeah, I feel like it was a good result. You know, it it it, it seemed like the the guys didn't quit and they didn't get down on themselves and. They, they came back and scored three, especially after going to San Jose and beating the earthquakes. And, you know, it, it just boosted their confidence and they were able to to bring this excitement home, you know? Yep. Not to and, mention, I think this preseason, we had a lot of really good games. Um, sadly, we know we couldn't see the other ones. But, you know, if we look at the score, you know, like we, we had more wins and it's definitely a big motivator to, you know, keep winning and, start the season strong. So that was really great. I mean, for me, the, the biggest takeaway was, was Carlton. And, you know, Luis, you were there with me. Um, I love the energy, man. He, he changed the dynamic in the second half. He introduced himself right away. Um, and I, I, his frame and the way he works is very much like Lukaku does for Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. You know, target forward who, uses his ability, uses his body, finds space, um, is a, is a, you know, poacher, finisher, does what's needed um, to get the, get the goals that are there. And I think he's going to fit in really well with this team. I think he's going to play an important role. Um, my prediction for him this year is, is man, I, I think if he, if he can stay healthy, I think he can score 15 plus goals. I really do. Yeah, I agree too. Um, and I think the, the biggest question here really is like, do you, if you're coach Briggs, do you start him in the starting 11 or do you have him come in as a sub again? Uh, um, that with the way the formation sets up, he's coming off the bench because right now you only have two forwards. You have Cameron and you have Carlton. So if one of them goes down, you're, you're hurting, right? You have mm-hmm. to find somebody that's out there or looking for a club. So I, for now, for the time being, you go with who's been here, who's, shown that they they fit in the system and that's Cameron and you use Carlton to come off the bench and and show why we brought him in right I I think that's going to be what it is and when he gets to show everybody that starting 11 could change yeah definitely when they start competing and we start you know seeing how how they both do and yeah that, that could could change there too so this week um the website 538.com you guys might be familiar with that website. They yep. actually had a season preview for us, and it's kind of interesting some of the things that they say. So they say that our odds of making the playoffs are seventy nine percent, which I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but I I disagree. It's higher. It's higher from yeah. from looking at how the team is playing, and I would say it's going to be even higher if the players get on the podcast and get some of that podcast magic. Podcast oh, magic. Yeah. It'll be more like 100% at that point. <laughs> That's right. They also um, predict us um, being in fourth place, 54 points, and having a 12-goal difference. What do you guys think? I, I could see that. I could see that if, if, we're, if we're not getting goals and we're not scoring like we, we could, um, you know, I, I could see us being the fourth-place team in the, in, the, in the Western Conference uh, behind you know, Orange County. Um, Phoenix, that you know, and I, I don't know. I think those. I, I see us in third. I do. I don't. I see us better than San Antonio. I see us, you know, challenging um, Orange County a little bit. But Phoenix, they they've proven what they're capable of, 
and they they put up goals last year. They they they're coached well. They play well. Um, but yeah, I could see us in fourth or third, impressing OC for second. Yeah, I could see us probably in third as well. I would probably agree with that too. Probably above us, probably a Phoenix and second place, probably Real Monarchs. Actually, I would probably really? put in my prediction now. And then, so still on the five thirty eight dot com, the player to look or player to watch for the, for them is Roro, and we have not seen him in the preseason. He's been you know nursing in the injury. Um, when we see him. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, don't know. I don't have information with the physios, but I'm hoping we'll see him in the next week or two. Um, you know, I don't know if he's back at practice yet. It's probably a question that I should or we could ask. But um, no, you know, they say that Roro coming back. He's a legend here in Sacramento, scoring the most famous goal um, in you know history for the club, in my opinion, with that half court or the half field uh, finish. And I think uh, having him back is gonna is gonna prove wonders for us, and hopefully, he uh, he's able to play here soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to him coming back. I mean, it's been a while since he's been around here, but I, I could see him, you know, doing a lot, doing a lot this season when, when he comes back too, and you know, finding his place in the team, of course, because depending, you know, whether he comes out on the bench this Saturday or if he doesn't come out on the bench this Saturday. You know he's gonna have to win a position in that starting eleven essentially too. So it'll be interesting, you know, to see that competition that we'll be starting to see, you know, between our sub players and the starting eleven too. So we'll 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 see, you know, if he he's able to make it to that starting eleven pretty soon here. Yeah, and then um, the last thing that five thirty eight put out was their power rankings, and we'll we'll play we'll play with these power rankings as well. Um, over the course of the year, we'll make sure we talk about them where we're at. But they have us listed below the following clubs. Phoenix Rising, Louisville City, Indy 11, Orange County, Tampa Bay Rowdies, and then at number six, they have the Sacramento Republic. And it's interesting to hear their commentary, or their summary of six. And let me read this to you. It says, winning preseason scrimmages on back-to-back days this past weekend with two completely different lineups, says the squad's depth is in great shape. That seems to be like that That would be applicable of a team who would be in the third place, right? Or at least in the top three. <laughs> I mean, if you're able to put two sides out that can win, yeah, okay, you had the Oakland Roots who aren't proven, but you just beat the Earthquakes. In fact, the only game that we really were out of was the Seattle game. So, you know, for all the other games, I don't think we've lost this preseason. So we're far better off than, than what they seem to think. Yeah, I, six, I would put six doesn't make sense either. Yeah, I, I would say we're, we're above the Rowdies, um, you know, and maybe even slide into that four spot. But who am I? I'm just a podcaster in Sacramento, so I'm kind of biased, right? I know, third or fourth. Third or fourth seems, seems a little bit more realistic there. Yeah, but yeah. you know, we'll prove them wrong. End the season, we'll we'll show them that they were wrong. So, yeah. So this Saturday we have our first official league game against FC Tulsa. Um, kind of interesting, guys. Uh, if you guys recall uh, last season, too, um, Tulsa actually was called um, Tulsa Roughnecks, and they've been called that way for a couple of years now. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. 
why they decided to to change it. Maybe just to add the FC to their name. Um, but they changed because their they name. They don't play rough. They they're constantly <laughs> on the bottom of the of the of the table. If this mm. was relegation, they're they're already down. So I don't. I, they're not roughnecks. They're just. Uh, they're just Tulsa. They're just FC Tulsa. <laughs> it, it's Tulsa or Tulsa FC? FC Tulsa? FC Tulsa. Hmm. FC yeah. Tulsa. Pull the way around, with, yeah. the, with the, hey, let's steal a little bit of the LAFC logo, huh? Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> right? It, it does look a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Be original, Tulsa. Be original. <laughs> what was their preseason power rank? 19th. Oh. Thanks for showing up, essentially. You had, you had a decent preseason. They didn't play anybody. Oh, they, wow. they they had three wins. They played Oklahoma um, Wesleyan. They played North Texas Soccer Club and Rogers State. Those are your three wins. Wow. <laughs> if you can't win those three games, you probably shouldn't be playing soccer. Am I yeah. wrong? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, th- their their preseason power rank is probably on point too. And you know, it. I think it. It kind of makes you wonder, you know, why they wouldn't play against more competitive teams, you know, like more more teams that would challenge them, especially if, you know, you're trying to prepare for the new season and you know that you have a lot of competition oh, in the yeah. league too. Like you would think that they would play against uh, teams that, like, you know, would, you know, be a little more competitive because you are going to be playing against more competitive teams, right? Well, and here's, yeah, like, here's, this, like this Saturday, they're in for a pretty rude awakening in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I'm all about bringing back your best players, right? But when your best player is your goal and your assist leader in Rodrigo de Costa, who scored nine goals and 13 assists last year, if that is where your production is coming from, there's a bit of a problem. You should have a guy who leads your team in, in scoring for goals and then another player who's able to lead your team to assist. The same player should not be able to facilitate or or be the leader on both those categories yeah definitely too and if you guys remember uh, go, going back to our the last two times we actually played against um, Tulsa last year back in June I don't know if you guys remember this one but we actually beat them 6-0 which was a, that was a really nice game for us but it was a really high scoring game there and then in October we actually beat them 3-2 so you know We've so we got them. better as the year went out, or we we got we got complacent towards the end. Maybe they felt bad. The, the latter, yeah. <laughs> well, remember, we did make a coaching change after the end of the year, and, and that result may have been an indication of that change at some point. I mean, yeah. to go in and beat a team six nil, and then only beat them three two. Whether they got better, there was a lot of things that that could have transpired. But if you're beating the team 6-0 at one point, you should be able to have a result that's similar to that. You shouldn't have such a close game. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And yeah. if we look at their numbers last year, um, Tulsa actually was 8-10-16 with uh, 45 um, goals in favor and then 69 goals against for a total position of 16th in the West. So like we were talking about it, they were close to the last spot. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how they do this season. But... They changed name, so maybe the name was the issue. So we'll see if maybe the name was the, the issue here too. Maybe. Uh, uh, to me, that's pretty upsetting, especially looking at these numbers for, for Tulsa. And nothing against them. I've met a couple of their fans. They're great people and everything like that. But for a team like Fresno 
to be taken out of the league, you know, and these these numbers with the uh, teams with these type of numbers get to stay in the league. I just don't think it's fair, and it's pretty upsetting looking at that. Well, the Fresno the Fresno idea was was different from the Tulsa thing, and that that was uh, ownership and and money issue, financing and funding probably for a new stadium, and they they couldn't make it work, right? Yeah, we, we've seen it. We've seen it with teams all over uh, throughout you know sports. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's no place for for that, especially on two conferences. You know, there's there's no place for these sixteenth and one side, sixteenth and another. It's too many teams, right? At some point, MLS needs to stop taking so much money from these clubs who are paying for expansion rights and start mm-hmm. thinking about using, um, you know, the idea of relegation and and bringing bringing people promotion and relegation. They need to bring that into play. Unfortunately, we'll never see that. As much as we want to talk about it, we'll never see it because these owners have put so much money dedicated so much resources and funds into getting a team, keeping that team that you'll never see promotion and relegation here in America, at least with MLS. Yeah, at least there too. Although I think we might actually see it eventually with the USL, now that they you know change their structure and all that too. So Yeah, and, and, ML, and, and USL, if they are able to do that, kudos to them. Um, and I think it's something that they need to look at sooner rather than later, because at the end of the day, you know, Tulsa finished 16th in the West this last year. I don't see him being anywhere over 14th this year. They're going to have the same result in standings, even with a new image. It still isn't enough to get them over the hump into the top tier of the USL championship. There's no way this squad, um, you know, is able to to get into that upper echelon of of teams. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't Agreed. look like that. But so, hey, you know what? Saturday's a new day. Everybody starts fresh. Everybody's zero zero. Um, maybe they start the year off on the on the right foot by scoring a goal against us, and we we only score five this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll be nicer well, this time. <laughs> we'll throw we'll throw them a, a bone this time. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll actually score one. Yeah, we won't yeah. we won't we won't pummel you. We'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll let you down nicely on a pillow. Here's a pillow. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta get one goal. I mean, it's it'll be the first goal in uh, FC Tulsa history. Wow! I mean, not not, not to not, not to sound mean, <laughs> not to sound mean, but they sound like those those companies with really bad Yelp reviews, and they choose to rebrand <laughs> to start over and get good reviews. So we'll see how they how that works out for them. Shoot! Uh, what is that? What is that show? Uh, is it Bar Rescue? Where they have like the guy who goes in and like changes the bar and all they do is change the name and make it like look, look fancier, but it's still the same owner. Yeah, I mean, there's so many shows. There's Kitchen Nightmares. There's like, <laughs> you know, Hell's Kitchen and all that, you know, so something like that. It's, it's what every, hearing this, especially, you know, they're going to be in the same, the same, they're going to probably have the same results, even with a new image. They're just trying to get rid of those bad Yelp reviews, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Like under new ownership, we just sold it to a family member. <laughs> well, guys, we, we the season is upon us. And one of the things that we need to look at um, coming into the season is our depth chart. You know, we've, we've got a couple of areas where we are thin and a couple of areas where we are stacked. Let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so if we look at the forwards too, like forwards are looking pretty thin. Like right now, 
our main ports are Cam and Belmar. And yep. we've spoken about it in other podcasts and we really should sign another forward. And, you know, that other forward might be um, Mickelson, who we saw score a goal in the preseason yeah. because, you know, we risk an injury and, you know, we know these things happen throughout the sport and we know that they've happened to us a lot in the past. So they definitely need to sign another one because one of these players gets injured and then we're going to be down one and you're going to have to either, you know, adapt someone else to the position or, I mean, I guess promote someone from the academy. And, you know, what better than just bring up Mickelson and give him that opportunity. But definitely needs to happen. Yeah. It'd be good to see him step up. Danny, what are you seeing in our midfield? I think our, our mid- midfield is definitely our strongest area. And it's I think it's going to be pretty hard to deal with him. You know, as you said before, Roro's still recovering from his knee issue. So hopefully he's getting closer into action. And then along with that, we have uh, Bijev, Skundrich, and Formella. And that gives us uh, more options who can play in the center of the pitch and then also on the flanks as well. And then, you know, we also look at uh, Jaime Villarreal. You know, he's looking to start the season as he did last year before that injury that, you know, we all remember how bad that was. But, you know, he's back. And again, you know, he was the MVP last season. So really looking forward to seeing him. And, you know, he can probably be a true force with uh, Skundrich there. Yeah, they yeah, can sure. they can definitely have a one two combo that that could be uh, formidable. The problem is is with that four three three, where does he fit in? Right? Do, does he play a flank? Does he play in the center of the park? Uh, who's who's losing action? And that's the only downside. We'll talk more about this with one of our questions uh, from Facebook later. <laughs> so Werner Willer um, will play a larger role on this team, but they'll have to fight for minutes. Uh, they with Roro, Bijev, Formella. It's going to be hard to get minutes in that midfield, and so those two, those three guys are going to be grabbing a majority of the time. So um, you're really going to be looking at Wheeler and, and Werner trying to get on the pitch and, and fighting for for minutes. Yeah, and you know, let, let's not be surprised if like we see Werner being used up front at times, especially you know if if we're not able to sign another forward because that's that's you know who who you would probably be looking at at being on, on the yeah. front too. And, you know, I think we saw him yeah. a couple of times last season, you know, playing and really up front. So that, you well, know, after, he might be the replacement. Yeah. Well, after Saturday for Mello was another player who I thought could play up front too, especially with that, with that uh, V formation in the front. Uh, I think for Mello would do a really good job of distributing from that position and could be dangerous as well. Yeah, definitely yeah. too. Um, if we look at the defense too, I think it's another you know concern with the depth there too. We got um, we got Jordan McCrary, we got Keenan, we got Mahoney, and you know Arce, which we're gonna see a little probably battle between them to to get that spot. And we also got Barona. Um, some of the depth that we have in that position as well is um, Shannon Gomez. We got Ash Apollon. We got um, Sarges, who we actually just saw um, play for the first time at least uh, at home this past game and also um, Wheeler Omiyunu too. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Sargis and uh, Mahoney linked up pretty well, I thought. And it was interesting, at least in the section 206, um, you could hear a nickname for Sargis kind of start to come about. And I don't know how, how <laughs> it's going to work, but um, there was definitely some, some people calling him the baby bun for his hairstyle that he had going on. Being one of the younger guys on the team and having a, having a bun, um, you could hear some rumblings of baby bun 
in the stands. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that'll be his new nickname. Is is what I was thinking too when I heard it. Maybe we'll have to think of uh, something better for him. A podcast special, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We could start. We could start. You know, you know, giving nicknames around too. I'll probably think of something like Sherlock related since he's from Sherlock over here. All right, we can figure something out. But then our goalkeeping, um, man, there's lots to prove here. I think still, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on our number uh, on what looks to be our number one with the little experience and some of the things that I saw. Well, minus the free kick, but the line <laughs> issue. Um, you know, I I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do, but I think Grinny is going to be our number one, and I'm okay with it right now. Um, but if he has a bad game or two in a row or if he has a bad two games in a row he's going to be pulled real quick i think he has a short leash this year um going forward and diaz uh hopefully in the wings ready to ready to go yeah definitely i mean we, we've you know um, rafi has actually had you know other opportunities in previous seasons too and you know he if we look at you know the games that both of them have i think he definitely has a lot more games than Greeny does so yeah i mean hopefully you know like Greeny doesn't mess up and you know he he stays there, but if he doesn't, then definitely give Rafi another chance because, you know, he's he's experienced. I mean, he's been with us for, I want to say, three years. So, he, he's you know, he's he's played a couple of games, and and so I, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's he's ready and there too. Yeah. And then our academy, Ramos, uh, our academy player, Ramos, around for training um, and, and might get some first-team minutes here and there, which would be nice to see. Uh, but – those might come in friendlies that, that are announced at a later time. Yeah, maybe um, in one of those uh, summer friendlies, if if we do get a summer friendly this season too. But yeah, I mean, it would it would be good to, to give him some first team minutes in, in those friendlies too as well. So we've got a couple of questions in the pod. I'll throw out a couple of spots on social media. So let's get started with some of these too. So we got Jared on Facebook asking us, um, based on what was seen in the preseason, are there any major issues sticking out that need working on this week or early on in the season? What do you guys think? I think it goes. I think it goes back to the goalkeeping situation and the light um, depth at forward. I think those are our two areas of concern. Um, you know, Jared, the, the big thing that I see uh, for any club going out of preseason is that lack of motivation. Uh, the pressing, right? Not having those ideas, not um, not backing down and, and kind of being down if you mm-hmm. being down on yourself, mm-hmm. right? So I think for that, those questions were answered on Saturday that we are going to press. We are not going to um, allow, you know, us being down to dictate our behavior. We're going to come out strong. We're going to play hard. But I think our major, major issues in terms of what we're working on is we need to find um, a for uh, at least another forward who is a goal scorer or somebody who has experience in that position. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Forward and goalkeeper, um, probably most importantly, forward. I mean, we really like you were saying. We I think we really should find someone that's experienced, someone who you know knows knows the league, the USL league. I think that that would be ideal. And you know, I think they they should hire him soon, <laughs> get get him on board soon because. You know, season is among us, and you know we want to make sure that whoever does come in, if you know someone does come in, that you know they get some time to you know get get adjusted if they're not from the league. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how all that goes and what happens there. 
we got a question from from Sec Las Vegas on Twitter, <laughs> and they wanted to ask us um, if they live on, in Long Beach in the Long Beach area, um, and they are LAFC fans as their MLS team. Uh, they grew up in North Cal, uh, up in Reading, and Sacramento Republic um, is their USL team. Um, when Sacramento Republic joins the MLS, are they allowed to support both teams or not? Or no? Um, in my opinion, you know, especially coming from the New York area, I was never, I've, I've never really been into the MLS because I'm more of a, a Liga MX uh, fan. Um, but, you know, I grew up watching the Metro stars. They turned, they, they went to the Red Bulls and then uh, um, NYCFC came along and I never really, you know, pledged my allegiance or my, my loyalty to either one of those teams. Um, now that I'm a Sacramento Republic fan, my MLS team will be Sacramento Republic. In my opinion, I don't feel that you can support both teams especially for the fact that they're in the same state they're pretty close to each other and i'm sure they will be uh in the same uh division as well so in my opinion i would not uh be a, the a fan i mean i'm you can always support whatever team you want but as, as far as fanship i think you need to stick to you know whatever team you chose as your mls team to be their fan and not someone else in the same division in my opinion yeah, I, I would agree with you too. I mean, I think when you look at two teams in one league, I think it's it's kind of hard supporting <laughs> two mm-hmm. um, teams in one same league too. So, uh, Sac Las Vegas, I, I know on your bio you list that you're also a um, Dortmund fan. So, you know, it would be the same thing as saying that you support Dortmund and you support Bayern Munich. So, you know, those things are not really <laughs> are not really something that you would see or that you know you would. You would even want to support both because, you know, you would usually stick to one. So um, like me and Danny were uh, talking off air too. It would, you know, be kind of like supporting, um, like we're, we're Cruz Azul supporters um, in Liga mm-hmm. MX. And it would be like supporting Cruz Azul and Pumas or even supporting Cruz Azul and Chivas or America. You know, those things, those things are never going to be in our DNA. And <laughs> you, I feel, I feel like, I mean, you could always show love to whoever you want to show love to, you know, you don't have to hate anybody or, or be a rival or anything like that. You can always show love. But I think when you call yourself a fan, you need to have that team that you are a true fan of. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, buying the gear, wearing the jerseys. That's being a true fan. You know, and I mean, I know I know this is a soccer podcast, but the, the best example that I can think of is, you know, I grew up in the Brooklyn area. So, uh, you know, there was no Brooklyn team at the time for NBA. So I grew up, unfortunately, a New York Knicks fan. And as sad as that is, I am a hardcore New York Knicks fan. I have a, I have their logo tattooed on me. Like I'm a hardcore fan. When the Nets went to Brooklyn, it was pretty difficult for me. And I thought the same thing. Am I allowed to support both teams? And you know, I, I thought the same questions, but at the end of the day, I said, I can't do it. I can't even wear the gear because I've, I pledged my fan, my fanship to, to the Knicks. If they someday leave New York, which that's never going to happen, but then I'm allowed to choose another side. But, you know, that's the best opinion I can give because it actually happened to me. So I know how they're feeling, but unfortunately, I don't think that would be, that would be good to call yourself a fan of both teams. So fandom is, a, is an interesting thing, right? We, we pick 
based off of our feelings and, and our emotions. And we, we support that team thick and thin. It would be almost similar to a Liverpool fan being the fan of a non-winner like Everton, but supporting both teams. <laughs> and then when they play each other, you wear a jersey that's cut in half and you split Ooh, the teams no. together, right? And you, you spend one, one half supporting Liverpool, yay! And then the other half, Everton, yay! And then at the end, they draw, and you're like, oh, you don't get anything out of it. <laughs> there, there's essentially nothing that comes from it. Um, you got to pick your side. You got to draw a line in the sand. Either you're going to be a Republic fan or an LAFC fan. You have two years to figure it out. I'll give you those two years. We'll check back with you and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. In fact, I would probably say like, you know, if you're stuck between who to go with, you know, pick, you know, whoever you went to for first, you know, whatever first team, like was the team that you rooted for. Like I would probably choose them because they were your original team. They were the first team that you went for here so whether they you know they weren't in the same league but now that they're going to be in the same league you know like probably mm-hmm. decided that way it's it's what i would probably think either that or you know just just you know wear, wear your jersey when you go to sacramento games and then wear your jersey when you go to lafc games and hope that no one takes any pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah really it'd be like uh all the times you see guys with their with their uh mistresses and they got their armor on them and they see that the camera's on them. Like, oh, nope. Don't know this chick. Oh, no. Don't know. Oh, Sac- right? Sacramento's watching. I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one actually from uh, Ecuador. From I think it was from like an Ecuador game. I don't know if you guys saw that. I think I, I think yeah, I know what you're referring to. I think I've yeah. seen that one. It was like recent too. It was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you like look at the Oh, the kiss caught. cam, right? And then he took yeah. his arm off of her. And- yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, I hope, I hope none of my friends see this. <laughs> hey, he might have called in to work. We don't know his story. That's true. That's true. He, he could have called in sick and didn't want to get busted. <laughs> I hope that was the case and not the other. <laughs> so we had another question um, from the podcast, Mom. And- <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> the first person that... Uh, Villian knew who would ask the question. Um, and uh, we met her on Saturday, and she was designated uh, podcast mom. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Shout so, out to take, mom. Yeah. <laughs> take care of us. So we're going to actually have her. I got to figure out what her schedule looks like, but I, we're going to get her on the podcast here um, soon so she can talk uh, soccer with us as well. Oh, yeah, Sweet. definitely. Yeah. For sure. She can, you know, ask us more questions too. And hopefully we can put BJ again and. She can ask him those tough questions too, right? <laughs> and at the end, yeah, at the end of the podcast, she can say, "All right, boys, brush your teeth and go to bed." <laughs> it's about that time. It's about that time. <laughs> so, so she had she had a question too, and she asked, uh, "How will Jamie and Roro affect the flow? Do we need to change defensive tactics?" So, going back on the first part, I don't think they affect the flow. I think they only add more to what we can do. Um, they give us some options. Guys get tired. Guys get injured. These are two experienced players who can come in and help us not miss a beat. They are professionals. They know what they're doing. They, At least with, with Roro, we know what, what we're capable of getting. Um, and I think that it's an opportunity for us to not miss a beat. If somebody goes down, those two guys come in and pick up, you know, next man up, right? So, 
I think we're in good hands. Yeah. I'm the looking forward question, to that combination now. Yeah. And the second question, do we need to change defensive tactics? I don't think so. I mean, you, you held San Jose to a goal. You gave up a free kick and a, and a counterattack, which I wouldn't put on the defense on, on Saturday against the Monarchs. I think your defense is stout. I think you stick with what you got. Um, and, you know, coach will make adjustments when, when the time is needed. But I don't think that's – I don't think we're going to make the, see those adjustments quite yet. Yeah, like we were saying before, the defense I think is is pretty good too. I don't think we will have much much issues, hopefully. And um, I mean, it's, it's still yeah. thin. It's still there's still some spots that need to be filled. Uh, but I think with who we have and seeing how Sarge's plays in that back that back line, I think we're okay. I really do. Yeah, which is good. I mean, you, you always wanna you wanna be good there and not have any issues out back too. So Michael from Facebook also asked, um, who are the favorites? Who do we match up against the best, the least? And then predictions for team awards. So favorites, league favorites, and, and until you can knock them off the perch, I'm going Phoenix. I think Phoenix is the, uh, is the team to beat. That's the, the one organization right now that has it together, scoring goals, offensive-minded, attacking football. I think that's the, that's the team to beat. I'm going to say Orange County and say that Ooh. they're going to make a comeback from, you know, that last playoff game that was a disaster. And yeah, they're going to be a team to watch out for. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with John. I, I think Phoenix is, is going to be, I mean, they're always at, at the top somehow. And, you know, they're always scoring. They're, they're quick. Um, I, in my opinion, I definitely think Phoenix would, would probably be the, 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 the best match for us. More exciting too. Yeah. Oh, you're so, so you're saying the best, the favorites, but you're saying they're the best matchup too. Yeah, oh. I think so. Well, for me, the best matchup is anybody underneath us and anybody above us because we could be anybody we want at any time. That's right. So you know, at the end of the day, the the uh, the best matchup, obviously Tulsa. Second, Vegas, is any team that has to have more uniform combinations <laughs> than they have players on their roster um, and wins under their belt. I, I don't I can't trust it, man. <laughs> Do they still have the smiley I, face? I have to know. I don't know. I don't know, but they have seventeen or eighteen different combinations for uniform. Jeez. <laughs> we're complaining we're complaining about a red line. <laughs> and they have eighteen. They're complaining about every line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then who do we match up against uh the least? Man I don't know. Every year is so different. If I had to, if I had to take a take a look or take a guess, I would say we the, the team that we match up worse against the the that's the hardest matchup for us this year, um, and you know, you guys could could agree or disagree. It might be a, a team out in the East, and that's Louisville. I could see that. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If we're looking at the, at the other division, yeah. I, I think if and, we're looking at this division... Uh, if we're looking at the, the West, it's, it's going to be... It's probably going to be Orange County or Phoenix, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree being either, either of those. But overall, I would say Louisville, because I think, I think we have the same concepts... And I think they've been doing it a lot longer and they could, they could expose us a little bit. 
If we're looking at favorites too, I think overall, I would probably say Louisville too, just because, I mean, these guys have made it to, you know, grand finales a couple of times already. And yeah, they, yeah they, they've been doing pretty good too, despite playing in a baseball stadium, is, if I'm not mistaken. They broke ground. They've broken ground on their new stadium. Oh, that's good. Hey, good for them because, you know, they've had a really good team and playing in a baseball stadium is just not, not right, especially for, for a soccer team. Yeah. It's not a place to play. A, a baseball stadium is not a place for, for football. So, um, and yeah. so Michael, Michael follows up with a prediction for the team awards for this year. So we can get a little bit into that. Um, Danny, who do you have for MVP? I got to go with my man, BJ. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Safe, safe pick. Safe pick. I like it. I gotta go with him, man. <laughs> Luis, I'm gonna go with uh, Carlton Belmar as my MVP. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the the guy who's gonna be different. I was you took both of mine. Um, I'm gonna say Formella. I'm gonna say Formella. My top goal scorer though is gonna be Carlton Belmar. Luis, my- who you got for your top goal scorer? I got Cameron Iwasa as my top goal scorer. I, I, you know, he has that experience. I mean, he's our, he's the player who scored the most goals in our history too. So I, I see him, you know, coming back in the season and you know, yep. becoming the top goal scorer. Danny, top goal scorer. I was gonna say Cameron too, um, okay. and also, I mean, I think Formella, since we only we don't have much as you know with forwards, and we have a pretty strong midfield. I think Formella is definitely gonna going to be up there. Okay. Danny, start us off with uh, your pick for best defender, defensive MVP, MVP this year. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Mahoney on this one. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Luis. I am going to go with uh, Jordan McCrary. I mean, we saw him in the friendly and I, I could even hear him, you know, like in the pitch. And I don't know if you heard him too, um, Jonathan, but like you can tell he gets into the game. I mean, he's really feeling the game. Okay, I'm going to go Barahona because he's, his ability to to work on set pieces, get some set pieces in there, he could be our assist leader too. I'm just saying. If Belmar is going to be like Lukaku, uh, Barahona could be our uh, – he could be our uh, assist leader and our, defense, our best defensive player. Comeback player of the year, who we got? I got William Bijev, our guest. You know, last season – he didn't have as great of a season as, as you know, he had the previous season before that one. So I see him, you know, being super motivated after, you know, our last friendly and really being that comeback player and scoring more goals than he did in the previous season, as well as, you know, more assists as well. Podcast magic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Villian as well. I think Villian comes out and has a, has a really strong year um, and cements his, his legacy as a, as a Sac Republic uh, player. Yeah, so um, Danny actually had to step away for a minute. Um, Danny will catch up with you hopefully Saturday. For those of you who are coming out to the park, um, he will be wearing a, the old glory red jersey with his Los Uncos um, logo on the back and a Rey Mysterio mask. So make sure you uh, go up and give him some, uh, some love. It's going to be his first experience with us, and um, it'll be exciting, to say the least. We look forward to spending time with him. And so, uh, Luis, without Danny, uh, most improved this year, who do we have? I'm going to go with um, Darius Romella for most improved. 
Um, uh-huh. Last season, you know, of course, you know, we didn't get to see that much of him. And, you know, he, he did, you know, come to us a little bit later in the season last season. So, um, you know, we didn't get to see that much of him. But the few times we saw him, you know, he, he did score a goal here and there. But, yeah, you know, he, we didn't really get to see him that much. So I, I think, you know, we, we definitely see him as the most improved player because he didn't have that many opportunities and the opportunities he had. You know, he, he only took advantage of some of those. So I definitely see him as being the most improved player, being that now he's going to have a full season with us and he has that part of the other season as an experience. So, yeah, it should be should be interesting to see him. Yeah, he gave us a small sample size. Uh, and I think with the small sample size, there's still room to grow, right? There's room to show us what he's capable of. I could put him there as my most improved as well. I think there's a lot there's a lot of unknown that comes with him because of, again, the small sample size we had from last year. So I think it would be uh, it would be good to say he would be our most improved as well. So how about some predictions, huh? <laughs> Which, you know, I hope that I get it right again because, you know, as we all know, I actually got it right in the friendly and I said a 3-2. So how about some predictions for this Saturday, Jonathan? What's your take on the game? I am going to say I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a six no win. <laughs> I'm going to go four no. Maybe you know what? I'm going to go four one. I'm going to say Tulsa. You know, every blind squirrel has the opportunity to find a nut. I think Tulsa gets one, um, but we still are victorious four one with Tulsa scoring. Well, it's second half, late in the second half, um, to get their one. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with a 3-0 score line. Um, they don't score against us, too. And we see our, you know, podcast hat-trick hero, as we call him now, um, as, as, you know, scoring two of the three goals and, you know, giving us another two goals there. And then the mm-hmm. third goal coming in from Belmar, who is also going to be coming in as a sub again. So pretty much same story as the past game, except now we don't get a sc- goal scored against. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Oh, um, and my dad said that he sees us winning two to one. So my dad wanted in on the, uh, on the prediction, uh, idea. So pops, I hope you're right. Um, in that we win, but your prediction, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's a lot more than two to one, my friend. Yeah. Given too, given too much, uh, too much credit to Tulsa. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be happy even if it's just a one nil, as long as, as long as we get the three points, of course. <laughs> three points or three points, we're taking a win either way, right? So yeah, it's all it's all good. It's, it's it'll be a good start to it too. So um, be on the lookout for Jonathan and Danny. I actually, unfortunately, won't be able to to be there on Saturday. But be on the lookout for Jonathan. Who uh, are you going to be wearing your city kit again or? Um, yeah, I'll be there in my city kit um, on Saturday, and I look forward to having conversations with fans. I'll be out uh, at the tailgate with Danny, uh, just hanging out, mingling with people, um, looking to have fun and, and get to know some people. Yeah, and if you guys want stickers, I think you still have some stickers left, right? Or probably a I lot saw of I still have a lot of stickers left. No, it was it was a slow sticker um, sticker giveaway day on Saturday. It wasn't a whole lot to give away yeah i i did give away um a couple to to some of you there who are listening to us 
Um, I do still have a couple more, and I think we might actually order a couple more because the the stickers I actually have are, are bigger, and they're they have our little like shield that you guys see. So might order more. So be on the lookout for for future games where I'll be giving those away as well. Um, I do also want to mention too. So if you guys were um, looking at our social media uh, during the free preseason friendly, you guys noticed that we did an Instagram live on both halftime and full time, and we might still be doing more of those. I can't speak to Saturday. Um, but are you? Still I'll, be doing, I'll be doing. Oh, okay. I'll be doing. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing halftime and uh, end of match uh, Instagram lives. Okay, perfect. So. Hey, be on the lookout for that. I know I'll be on the lookout for that too. <laughs> Being, uh, I'll be on the other side um, this time. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. And if yeah, we'll be any- we'll we'll be doing the first half uh, over by TBB, and then at the end of the game, we're gonna do it uh, pitch side uh, to give you all the, uh, the conversations and everything else as we go. Yeah, and if you guys have any questions, you guys want them to answer there on the live, like. Please, you know, send us a comment, send us a DM, and I'm sure they'll they'll actually answer them at either point or, you know, send them yep. during the live. Yep, send the questions in. We'll make sure we get them answered um, during that time. Yeah. Really want to thank you guys for everything you guys have done uh, in terms of getting us uh, going. We, we feel as though there's a lot more to, to do, but there's been a lot of support from the community, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone, too. I mean, we we read the comments. Um, we heard a lot of amazing comments on last Saturday's game, and we really appreciate that. You know, it's it's something great, and, you know, getting these good comments, you know, really makes us feel really great. And it's it's great because, you know, we're giving you guys a podcast each week and always trying to be consistent with this and you know, always making sure that you guys have the podcast out on time. Like last Saturday, I had it out on time wanted to make sure you guys could you know listen to it while you guys were driving over to the game and also when you guys were driving back so we're all always try our best to, to have it up for you guys to you know listen to it and you know that's another reason why we actually were recording today on a tuesday so you guys can you know listen to it before the game too so yeah um and i did want to say if you guys are listening to us for the first time or if you guys aren't following us on social media yet we are actually on Twitter and Instagram on at Sacktown FC and on Facebook, we actually have a group called uh, Sacramento Republic FC fans. And we're the group who actually just reached a hundred um, page followers or I shouldn't say page, but group followers. So um, as I said in the group there, you know, thank you for following the group. And if you're not following the group, highly suggest that you follow our group because, you know, we post about everything related to the team and, we also share our latest podcast there and we ask for any questions that you guys might have as well. So yeah, please check that out. Amazing community, amazing people. So come, come join the group as well. And then March 14th is an away game. We are actually, uh, the Republic is going to be in Vegas. Um, and new glory brewing and the Sacramento Republic are going to be hosting a watch party at the, New Glory Eatery and Tamp Room, which is, uh, the address is 5540 Douglas Boulevard in Granite Bay. Come out, have a pint, watch some soccer. Um, be a really good time. I myself will be there. Danny may try to make it, he said. 
but we would love to see you guys out there. Love to hang out and watch uh, watch the team play in Vegas. Yeah, should should be a good one too. Um, I also wanted to say if um, you guys could leave us a review anywhere you guys could leave reviews. Um, as I always say, you know, Apple Podcast tends to be you know our our popular platform of choice for all of you. So you guys could just leave us a review there would be amazing too and again as i always say it would really help us out a lot too so is there anything else you wanted to add jonathan no just uh we're really excited about saturday i hope you guys are as excited as we are it's gonna be a great time out at uh, pmp and we look forward to having the opportunity to talk to as many people as possible uh saturday afternoon and night Yeah, looking right, everyone. Well, we'll see you all on Saturday, or I should say, Jonathan and Danny. We'll see you all on Saturday, and have a great night. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>